This is To Catch a Con Man, Season 2, in the victim's voices. I will take you on another fascinating journey, but this time you will hear from other men and women that, like me, have fallen prey to the various cons, scams, and deceits by one of the most prolific and successful con artists to live and operate in the Midwest. You know him as Ricky Dugo. Could a hundred grand sustain my life? It couldn't even come close. So, so listen to me. If I was going to be in some sort of con, scam, conniving thing, it'd be for millions. It wouldn't be for a hundred thousand dollars. To Catch a Con Man is brought to you by Studio 847 in Long Grove, Illinois. Listener discretion is advised, as some of this programming contains language and content that might be offensive to some listeners. Join me on this adventure to catch a con man. This is Adam Albin. Thank you for listening to Season 2 of To Catch a Con Man in the victim's voices. In part one of Ron's very raw and personal story, you find that he is another victim that falls prey to Ricky Dugo's famous car wash partnership scam. In part two of this story, Ron finally figures out that everything Dugo has pitched to him has all been a sham. Can Ron find the courage and figure a way out of being under the weight of Ricky Dugo. Here we go, part two, and the conclusion of Ron's story. So all in, Ron, what would you say? Give me a number that, like, if you had to guess. Yeah, if I had to get, like, now are we talking, like, including my credit? Everything, all in, credit? everything. Oh, jeez. Between me and my mom, because we're a unit, you know, obviously, yeah. my mother. So let's go with a $300,000 house, say. Let's go with, um, we're going to say 100K cash. It might be less than that. It might be a little more. I really, yeah, yeah I have to really. So that's, and then, uh, say, you know, a $300,000 boat-ish. I don't, I don't remember per se. It might be 200, might be 180, might be 400, but these, these aren't normal boats here that we're talking, what he's driving in. And then, you know, couple motorcycles and a few cars so and these are mercedes range rover lexus style cars so you know 100 grand each car one two three uh say you know 50 grand worth of motorcycles and rolexes i believe three 300 for the house we're talking like a million dollars to not not uh, with with credit and cash that that he uh you know perhaps just from me and my mom because these are big big items here we're talking it's unbelievable I'm so sorry that it happened to you it's crazy it's disgusting <laughs> you know and I'm sorry too sorry I'm such an idiot to be honest it's it's I, I'm so gullible and naive and um yeah so my, it was my fault it was my fault yeah so I, I mean I'm not saying that you were um uh, you weren't you weren't trying to make a name for yourself or make a buck, but uh, I, I don't. I don't put any of this on you, Ron. Um, yeah. Let's let's go back and at what point 
after all of these months, the six, eight months, you said you started not to feel so good about the deal. You know, you're heavily involved in some drugs with this guy. He's keeping you medicated, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, at what point does the light bulb go off? Because I, I noticed it. Well, number one, because, like, you know, I'm living, but I'm not adding value to my... You know, I'm living very good, but there's no, like, growth with finance. I'm not saving anymore. Like, you know, I'm not paying the... He's, he's also paying my bills now. So, like, the new car that I got, as well as the cars that are... That I the, the stuff that got put in my in my mom's name, he's paying us for that. You know, he's also like throwing extra money at us. So he's he, he did a good job of, of of recycling the money to where it was like good, I guess, for me to be fine with it. And then what what really was what I'd say besides like the car wash is not opening and not getting actual paychecks and. You know the, the the realness of of not working in a sense. You know I'm not working. I'm just hanging out and helping him with what he wants me to help him with. That that's now I'm starting to get a, a feeling, and then I start to put a few things together as far as some of the people that are his buddies are actually his victims too. Um, one and one guy would really in the beginning he helped this dude out, Ryan, and Ryan had a you know. Looking back at Ryan had the last boat that Rick had was in Ryan's name. So hearing and seeing and, and, and I realized Ryan was was maybe not his friend. And so then Ryan tell there's another kid. I didn't I left him out of it for some reason. Kid and I don't know, he was like maybe they were trying to con him to realize he didn't have any money or whatever it was. And Ryan told this kid to tell me, watch out for Rick. He might not be what he, you think he is or something along that. So that was said to me, but that was said to me like prior to when I said, oh crap, this isn't what I think it is. It was said to me and I was like, no way. Like I didn't, I almost got defensive for Rick. Like, so, but, but, and then once I realized stuff's not looking the way it should look, then I realized that, oh man, with that with that kid, I don't know what his name, maybe Jacob, but Ryan, the message Ryan was telling Jacob to tell me was actually true, but, you know, I'm not committed here, so, you know, and Rick's my boy, so, you know. Does, does the... I believe you. Yeah. Stop talking crap about Rick, is my, would my be my approach, you know. Could that Ryan, is that Ryan's last name, Dolan? Yeah, that sounds right. So, sounds right. Big, big yeah. cigarette boat, total confusion. Guy got taken yeah. for a boat. The boat went missing because the boat was stolen by another victim of Rick's that stole the boat and chopped it up into pieces. Another story for another day. Wow. Yeah. Nothing surprises me. Yeah. So I didn't know that, but, you know, I'm, I, I don't, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so things aren't adding up, Ron. Um, and, and so what do you do? Well, I, I, I then ask him, and it's denial, denial, denial. And then uh, he never fully said that he never came out. He never, he never told me, yep, I'm ripping you off. Never. And, and yeah, so it was an 
never him saying it. It was me actually realizing that this is going nowhere. You know, it's going nowhere. Uh, if I would question him on it, it would, it would turn it around and put it back on me. You know, I would feel guilt. You know, the psychology and the mind tricks and the control that he had over me at that when once once I realized, oh crap, this isn't a good scenario and look what I put my myself and my mom through and now I got no outs, he would like flip it around and like I would end up feeling wrong and like I did something wrong or I'm guilty or I should you know, even though like, no, this isn't right, it, it just it was yeah, looking back, mind blowing, but at a vulnerable state and then when you're pack committed you can't you can't you can't turn around. Um, you know, questioning him isn't going to do any good. He's, he's going to flip it around on you. So, um, you know, I go, I tell my mom that this, this isn't what I think it is. What are you going to do? I don't know. You know, what do I do? I go to the police, you know, and I, you know, I, I went to the police with my mom, I believe for the first, you know, the first time. And, uh, they, you know, what am I going to do? You know, this was, was, was my position. So what did the police do? They took a report. And that's it. At that point, they took a report. And, and, and you went in there saying, this guy, Rick Dugo, <laughs> he's stolen like a million dollars from me and my mom. And they took a report and that's it? Yeah. Yeah, we went in a room. I, I, I talked for a minute. My mom talked for more than a minute. And then they, their, their advice was, you got to get out of there to me. And then I remember, like, that week, they're, like, around more in the, in the streets of Addison. And I'm still driving to Rick's house after a night of partying. And I remember I get pulled over. And this is after I go to the police station that week or so. And I'm going there, and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I'm getting pulled over. That's never good. And, like... Oh, oh, let me throw, uh, let this, that's a little after too. At the same time, I mean, my life is just crumbling to where I, at the same, around the same time, a little after that, I get my first DUI, you know, while I'm still out in Addison. So like, I'm losing my money. I've lost my purpose. I got no outs. I'm trapped in this, you know, I, I this, this situation. I'm trapped because I'm trying to figure out how do I get my money back or what, what do I, what's my next move here? You know, a lot of things are going through my head. What could be the next move? And I don't know what it is. And meanwhile, I'm just going to coast and live the life until I figure out. So there's that stalling. So anyway, so the, the, the police officer that pulled me over was one of the dudes I was talking to. And he said, hey, man, I'm going to let you go. But, you know, you, know, you just let me go. And then I went to Rick's house and, you know, did whatever we were doing at that moment. So I, I, I remember that just because it was the same guy that I spoke with at the police station that pulled me over. And it was like that week. So that, that sticks out for sure. Um, you know, Rick, Rick was, went, went from using tactics of, of love, of excitement, of guilt, and then of, of, of fear. You know, because Rick's a, a big aggressive guy and... If I if if he gets mad at me, I'm I'm done. I lose everything.
no money. I can't physically attack him because he, him and got ties. He's a he was a massive dude, and I really didn't, you know, I couldn't handle my own weapon at that time. And 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 they got my money. Like what am I? Like I had no, and I'm young. And then what am I gonna go to? So it's like it, it, there's a state of limbo of like stagnant being stagnant because I'm like frozen in my tracks. I can't get out of the, you know, I can't get out of it. The money's already invested. It's like I'm holding on, hoping for something, but nothing's coming, you know? And then it's like, where do I go and what do I do? Everything's on credit. Everything's falling apart. And I'm, I'm in a, I had no angle. I had no win. Um, I'm, I'm faced with like, the consequences of what I did. So what do I do? I, I delay and I just stall because I'm also still partying and there's some benefits still going on. So I stall until I realize that I just got to get out, you know? Go, I think I go to the police one more time, to, you know, and then I'm like strategizing, like, what do I do, you know? So first I... I you know, on, on the exit, I'm talking to mom. I'd let her know, just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I completely effed everything up. Finances are lives and, you know, but I don't, so my mom's just like, come home, you know, doesn't matter, just come home. And she knows too that I'm not right mentally, you know, because, uh, you know, besides the, the circumstance, I'm also, you know, partying it up with Chuck ever, ever you know, Every every night, no, every four nights, you know, yeah, you're strung so out. I'm like, yeah, so I'm so I'm like strung out in this weird position. Um, so I don't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, my strategy is to gather as much assets as I can and just dip out, you know. So I think I got a rental truck, uh, and a gun. Help had it. Just, just, you know, because stuff was, it was dangerous. You know, now it's like the, the fears kicking in of, okay, th- this is going to get physical to a, a bad extent, or, you know, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to get any money here. I'm not going to get any business. The, the police aren't going to be able to sue, or, you know, it's, from what I gather, it's not a crime to completely rip up somebody off. You know, you could take somebody's money and not get punished for it because that's what was happening to me. And what I realize now, years and years of victims, um, and then now what I realize too, years and years after me too. Um, so yeah, so my plan is just to get out. So I, you know, grabbed as much cash and assets out of the house as I could. And on Mother's Day, got, got my last little, uh, uh, you know, I, I, it's disgusting you can say, but little bag of crack went home mother's you know that week of mother's day i want to believe it was had a house to myself smoked it all into oblivion and then just started from scratch again you know and, and in every way well no not start from scratch now i'm going through the, the process of predators and, uh, and then bankruptcy and my mom bankruptcy and you know dealing with the dui at that moment too and no license and so it's like a big muck, you know. I realize asking and trying to pursue anything through Rick is going to get me nowhere. 
you know, at this point. It'll pop circles around me and, um, you know, it, it install as much fear on, on my life, my mother's life, and what, what could happen and what he could do. Um, you know, and the mafia ties, the people he knows, and power that he has uh, was crippling to the point where I couldn't think, couldn't process, didn't know what to do. And, you know, I think the, the departure took too long, but it was probably the best best bet, you know, of what I did. It just completely walked, you know, left the house, left the, left the cars, left that, just left it all, except for anything that I could currently hold. You know, I took a TV, I took, you know, the cash that was being used and, and recycled back to me instead of you know, making uh, uh, payments, and I was just trying to save it at this point because I'm now towards the end. I'm I'm starting to ding on some credit, you know, and I have no job too now because I'm. It's been months and months, and I'm just dedicated to Rick and the the lifestyle and the car washes and the the life we're living. So, you know, I have no job, so I'm trying to take now. I'm like, okay, I gotta grab, I gotta do a little money grab as much as I can, so I can have just any type of asset to eat and live because I had no job and anything else. So, yeah. Sorry, I went down on a little tangent there. It's all good, man. I love... It's also popping in my head, like, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating when it pops in my head because, you know, I don't want to say it was a good thing because it wasn't a good thing, but it also gave me an opportunity to, to reshape my life, gain some mental strength, emotional strength, you know, sharpen up some things that, uh, on on my to build confidence, to make sure that I'm a secure man now and can, you know, uh, 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 not get taken advantage of in any way. Um, right. So if that didn't happen, that that it wouldn't. But you know, my accountant even said, "Never thought you would ever come remotely close to coming back from this. This this could break. This breaks something." And I I I. It hurts me knowing that there's other people out there and, you know, not to go down this path, but, you know, I'm married, I have a couple of kids, I'm doing well for myself. So like I'm doing, you know, I overcame, I'm an over, you know, I built from this, but I know, and you know how I overcame too, which is kind of crazy. I met the right person. I met a dude that took me under his wing, built me up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and got me to where I am now. So I didn't even do it on my own. I found a true mentor, and he got me there. So that's kind of ironic, too, because, you know, you can't trust anybody. But, you know, and, and, but you need people. You know, you need a good person in your life. You need a leg up. You need someone that's genuine and true. So it's like discernment of knowing who's who. And that, that was probably the biggest... Uh, my biggest fault having having a because when I met the new person I still had a want I still needed an avenue and he gave me one that was real and legit so it's like the real Rick who Rick tried to be that's who this dude was um it, it minus the fruits he had a wife and a child he didn't go out clubbing and womanizing he drove a a, a modest car and lived in a modest house rather than vets and, and Mercedes and mansions. So it was like, you know, a genuine person rather than a, a, a manipulator. So yeah, get that real quick. No, no, that's 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 wild. Um, I want to ask you something. Was there ever a point, Ron, when you 
thought about or contemplated like taking your life? Not for long, but yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not for an extensive period of time. Not like, okay, I'm going to, you know, the thought of me blasting Rick and then blasting myself was there. But I, I didn't dwell on that because I, I have a mother that loves me. And I could never do that. Right. But yeah, that, that thought, because, you know, I'm now drunk, drugged up. I lost everything. I have no sense of pride. Um, I have no outs. I have a DUI. Like, I, I'm, I'm a bust. Yeah, I'm a dude. complete failure. And I wasn't before this. Right. I had assets. I had rental properties that I had to get rid of when I went bankrupt. Um, I had, you know, I was doing good. You know, I was doing good. I was in a business that wasn't working, but I still, I was doing good for myself at a young age. Um, yeah, I got a little too hungry, I guess, and you know, it's okay to be hungry, man. Uh, it's another thing when you just, when, when you meet somebody that, that that pulls the wool over your eyes and takes you for a ride that you have no ideas coming, you know? And I don't think any of us really, we, we definitely don't see it. Um, he has such a big personality. He has a facade. He has this image of burgeoning success. He has... The personality, he backs it up, like, so it's just like, you know, we're all wearing blinders, so don't get mad at yourself about it. Um, I mean, it's really good to hear that you found a real mentor, that you found the other way out. Um, So you did have to file bankruptcy, both you and your mom had to file bankruptcy. Um, Are you, I mean, how long did you have to pay off your bankruptcies? Was it like you filed bankruptcy and then you were okay? obviously bankrupt with everything um the fbi got came over to the house and talked with my mom and i so that was good because then i had this guy's card and then the bankruptcy was uh i don't know there's two types and i got i was able to get accepted where they basically washed off all of my debts so um but i again then i i have no home you know my mom did a bankruptcy and kept, kept the house that she had paid off. <laughs> and then she ended up short selling it later because there was a market crash and, you know, but, but um, down the road, the, uh, all the cars and the debt that I was in was all forgiven through chapter seven or chapter 13, whichever one forgives it. And I had a good, you know, I, I, I also went to, you know, I, I went downtown, sat in a room, me and my mom was interviewed because I was under the hook of a boat or my mom was under the hook of some, you know, whatever that boat was, how much, 300, 400, 200, it was a, boats could be expensive and this is a top of the line cigarette boat, you know, these things can go a half a million dollars. So she's on the hook for that. I'm on the hook for Mercedes and a Porsche and some motorcycles that are not around anymore because Rick pawned them or whatever he did. It was the same thing with the Rolexes. He, I guess he did the same thing with motorcycles. But, you know, I'm driving, leading up to that, I'm driving a motorcycle, I'm, you know, driving a Lexus, I'm wearing Rolexes, I'm going. So it was, it was good at the moment. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, as far as the bankruptcy goes, yeah, no work, 
I don't have anything put on my resume for the past eight months or however long this happened, that this whole process. Um, I have no leads for work. I have no money. I have no credit. And I have no license. That's, and then I just dip out, basically. So. Let's yeah. go back real quick, Ron. You said you and your mom met with the FBI. What happened yes. with the FBI? They came to my mom's townhouse. Two guys talk. I think I was talking to cops two times before this. Then the two FBI agents came to the house. Um, you know, I felt really good when they left. Like we're getting this guy. You know, this 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 guy deserves. He's a the parasite. You know, he's a he's a true cancer and uh he's dangerous any anybody when it's this class of person and, and again you know what i was looking for i was wasn't seeking the right things i wasn't seeking a person that was married with kids with love i was i was seeing the rolex and, and, and the corvette and, and the the lifestyle blinded me and i was looking for the wrong things but anybody to his malfunction of life anybody that he crosses he does damage to so, um, so every, everybody around Rick is a victim. No matter who you are, you're a victim. Right. Um, yeah, Rob, the question was uh, about the FBI. Uh, it was just I wanted to get your feel for how you felt. Did they ever follow up? Who was the FBI agent? Yeah. Do you happen to remember his name? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, there was a, I don't, I don't remember the name. I remember sitting at the table, took the story, and then basically said, we're getting this guy. You know, there, there's, you know, um, basically assured me that they're going for him, and they feel they have a strong case, and they're gathering information. There's other victims. There's a lot of other victims who were on him, and, you know, we, my mom and I felt like, okay, well, this at least he's going to stop. You know, and, and this this is this is good. Um, so we, I, I don't remember the guy's name. I had a card. I, I don't remember if I who I gave it to or what. You know, but I also you he, you know he was he's the FBI agent was I think in, in the police reports helped me through the bankruptcy because there wasn't uh, you know I had a case here where of forgiveness. I had a good, strong hardship situation. That's what it was, hardship. Hardship, yeah. That, um, yeah, that, that I was able to be forgiven for all that. So, but that doesn't help my credit. It doesn't help anything. You know, it just gets me off the hook of the debt. So that was eliminated. Um, yeah, and the FBI just assured me that they're going to get them. I think I, you know, followed up with them a few times. And um, then, so I met with the police twice. The FBI came to my house and then... Later on, maybe through you, the vigilante that you have been, maybe through you, another police officer to call me, and then I went in for another interview. But I remember feeling bad at that interview because it, it was a fog, and I couldn't, I don't, I couldn't remember names. I couldn't remember. It was, it's, it's, it was a long time, and it's one of those things too where you know it's such a hard, difficult thing that you block some of it out, and then you know my memory's not too good to begin with, also, and. I was also under a, a mental state of, of chaos and drugs and confusion to begin with, so it was hard to articulate details. I know that the first time probably was a little more clear. The second, the, when, I, when after I met with the FBI agent, that was after, and there's still 
you know, going for this guy. And at that time, I'm like, you know, he's too good at what he does. And it's not a crime, I guess, to rip people off. And I, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And, that, and, and, and then, so I'm thinking, okay, this guy's evaded millions in tax. And uh, I would, looking at it now, I don't know how old Rick is. You know, I don't know much about him I, because he's all fake. But I don't know, when I was, what is he, maybe 10 years older than me? Yeah, he was, when I was in the mid-20s, he was in his 30s, or was he in his 40s? I don't, I don't know. He's, uh, he was born in 67. So uh, he's, uh, he's 56, 57 right, uh, right now. Jeez. Yeah. So when I was in my 20s, he was in his 30s or 40s, early 40s or late 30s or something like that-ish. Yeah, you were born, what, in, in, in the 70s? 81. Okay. 81. Yeah, so you would have been, he would have been in, almost in his 40s. Okay. Yeah, and he used to lie. That was always his thing. Women, he used to say to every woman that he was 10 or 15 years younger than he was. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's steroids, Botox, and hair dye. Yeah. With a full head of hair. He pulled it off. You know, he stayed in great shape. And, um. You know, he's able to pull it off. And then you're so excited because he's like a celebrity. Um, like the, the, the appeal is like, oh, you know, you overlook things because, you know, if you look at them, <laughs> maybe you'll get it. But, but you know, all those things can mask, you know, the whole, uh, whole uh, what do you have, the, the, the sheep, the wolf in sheep's fur or something like that. Right? Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Yeah, there, there he is. You may hear me cut a few parts of this conversation out as an allegation that is so shocking and severe is detailed out that I needed to refer this information back to law enforcement as this is the second time this same allegation has been made by two separate financial crime victims that were very close to Ricky Dugo in the early to mid 2000s. I simply can't talk about it on this podcast as it goes above and beyond the story of just being a career con man and scammer. Potentially, like something like that does not have a statute of limitations attached to it. So like a crime like that that happened, yeah, you don't know, they could still go back and, and, and look into um, yeah. Let's continue no, on. Um, sorry, that was a big blow in the gut for me too, because dude, not like you know realizing that like like you could harm someone and uh, ten years is up and uh, it's all good then. <laughs> like I, you know, like with me, right? So like I know Rick's in jail right now, which is great. Where it should be forever for humans, for human, human for for the world, he needs to be in jail. Because um, he's good at what he does, and he's going to continue to hurt. Um, but you, yeah, you can outlast your crime, and if it's not prosecuted, I guess it's okay. When someone destroys your life, and you get like get turned upside down as a victim, that's never. I'm never going to forget that. You know, still, I've never hated anybody really, or wanted to harm, or like want to see someone sit in jail or burn at a stake or physically harm somebody. Rick is the one person that, yeah, I, 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 I it's sick, but yeah, like I, I, you know, there's evil and that's evil and you, you want to see evil destroyed. So, you know, Rick is a per, 
one of those people where I celebrate any destruction and misery that he feels is 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 well earned from him. So he needs to sit there and really feel. Hopefully, he's feeling all the pain, and he can never feel the pain that he's caused me, all of his other victims. You know, it was sad, it's sad to hear it took this long, and it took you to push it because the police and FBI. I, didn't right they couldn't make it happen so you got it done from what or guided them and helped them which good that they stepped up and good that he's finally behind bars this should have been before me he should have been in jail you know but you're right absolutely um i'll let you end this i mean um you've been a, a, a fantastic um your story is 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 so captivating it's um so interesting and you know to hear that you've come out on the other side you know, I think it, it it gives everybody hope. Um, you know, an inspiration that that whatever Dugo does, he he may get you down, but it's not the end of the world. And eventually, you can be guided and taken under somebody else's wing and provided a new opportunity and a new lease on life. Um, it's a real powerful message, man. I'm really proud of you. I'm going to tell this to you straight. Um, I, I think you know how I got to you. I actually had heard your story um, probably in 2018, 2019. Um, I was very hesitant to reach out to you because I had heard through the grapevine how intense this was for you. Um, I was a little bit scared that bringing this up to you and kind of opening Pandora's box was going to set you in a different direction, so to speak. So, you know, I went through your wife. I hit your wife up on Facebook um, on a message and asked her if I explained who I was and I asked her if she would vouch for me and, and, and help me get to you. And I think she found what I was saying to her and like what my goal was um, to be authentic and genuine. And, uh, and, and, and that's how we connected. Um, and I'm so glad that we did. Um, because where I was going with this is that what you don't know is out of everybody that I've spoken to, um, your story was the reason why I never gave up. Um, it, 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 it just hit a place for me. I felt uh, so bad for you and your mom and everything you guys went through. You know, early on, it was like one of the bigger uh, victims' uh, amounts of money that, you know, that I had known that he put you through. And it just kind of just, it was like the driving force. So every time I would get really down and out and frustrated with how long everything was taking, I would kind of just think about you, even though we've never met, even though I've only talked to you a few times. um, But you were really, your story was the driving force, which kind of, uh, I used to fuel my, my desire and determination to continue on with this. So I just wanted to let you know that I found inspiration in you. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and then, you know, I appreciate it too, because it was like, for me, it was like, turn around, don't look back, you know, cause nothing's going to come good of me turning around at this point. No, you know, it's not going to not to be well. And, you know, luckily I, I, you know, met who I met after Rick and um, luckly I you know you, you bend don't break right so I didn't break I bent a lot but you know uh, 
but yeah, and, and you know, I use my story now, um, a toned down version of it, you know, of what I can remember to help others, you know, and, and I use my story now of, of, of resilience and I use my story now to better discernment and, and also to kind of get younger kids on the right track so they don't make the same mistakes as I did. Um, so I tried to turn it around and, 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 but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there was a lot there. It was, it was, you know, we summed it up quick, it, but that's all I, you know, again, it's a big flog and, you know, I spent six, eight months. I don't know. Again, the detail, it's been a long time. It's been, it was a long drawn out process, you know, half of it being very good and then a quarter of it unsure. And then that last 10% was hell. Right. Hell. Yeah. In every way. I've... No outs, nowhere to, like, no clue what to do. And nothing, no, nothing would bring any peace. Anything that I would think of, any res- a resolution, there was a, either a worse consequence for it, or do, it would just harm me and my mom more, or, so it was like, you get trapped in the funnel of, Leverage, fear, uh, regret, nowhere to go, DUI, the little addiction kicking. Like, it was a web of just nastiness. So the best thing that I did was just (laughs) go on a little bender and then go back home and just face life. And the, the, the hardest part wasn't dealing with what, what happened with that six, eight months. The hardest part was the three years or plus afterwards dealing with, with the bankruptcy, dealing with the mental gains, dealing with the regret, dealing with no outs, no money, no avenue. When I had it prior to meeting her, I was doing fine. So the, the, my sentence wasn't just the eight months of misery or the couple months of misery and then the being bluffed on the rest of it, whatever it was. My, my, sentence was years and years and years of recovery not knowing what to do fear drink bad drink like this haunts you it haunted me so and then what am i gonna do you know because everything that every idea in my head had greater consequences of like you got no outs i had no leverage and then the police aren't helping me the fbi's not helping me i can't you know what am i gonna sue what am i gonna sue what am i gonna go go for physical vengeance you know what am i gonna do and it's not getting me back my money and i got i now i got my mom who's you know just should have been retired with no mortgage now she's got a mortgage with that can't retire and i'm to blame so now what so then you know I, i recovered but I'll never get that money back. I'm, the hurt's always there. It did make me stronger. It made me a better business person. It, it gave me an opportunity to help and give to others so they don't make these mistakes. Um, but there was misery afterwards. Yeah, like, the, a, you know, like a hangover. The nightmare of life yeah. after leaving this con was brutal. Yeah, it's called the that do-go hangover, man. Yeah, yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Yeah, that, that you know was you know and then there's no conclusion to it all what am i going to do so you never you you, know? you never i mean okay so you, I, I heard you say 
You know, obviously you couldn't sue him. I mean, you didn't want to just rip his head off? You just didn't want to, like, I mean, like... I wanted to kill him. Yeah. You're not the first. You're definitely not the last. I'm not a... I'm not a violent person by nature. Right. And then... And then... This is going to escalate. Like, I had... Listen, I had a... When I was packing my... Here's one for you. (laughs) So I had a guy, Mike Luzak. You know, I'm into steroids and stuff. You know, and, and this is now when I'm like, okay, I'm done, I'm out. You know, I had a gun, I had my gun with me. And I'm loading up the truck at my house, which is around the block from Rick. And again, I don't know who's gonna pull up, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, when I've questioned Rick in the past, there was, there were, we got physical, you know. Um, so now I, I have this gun with me and a car pulls up. I say, Mike, go inside. I don't know who it is. I grab the gun. I put it by my side. Guy gets out and pulls out like some documentation or bet or something. I, I scramble with the gun. It's a repo guy looking for my bike. I didn't know what was going on, you know? So like, so, you know, back to the physical or, or wanting to get, get back or kill him. Yeah. But then, I, you know, I'm going to jail. Now, now I have all this guilt of my mom. How am I going to take care of my mom? You know, and if, if I go to jail, you know, she's dead. You know, I'm her world. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's no, like, he, all the angle, the leverage and the, the there's nothing I can, he gets you wrapped up to where, you know, yeah, the, the problem was I let it get this far. You know, the problem was I didn't really step back and I wasn't looking for the right things to begin with. I was looking for partying and wealth and materialism and womenizing and you know cash money <laughs> rather than like love and impact on the world and and uh you know uh helping others and you know pr- pr- true purpose in life you know if i would have been looking for that and i had a little more discernment i wasn't in such a rush and i wasn't feeling any pressure of being incomplete with a business and looking for you know i would have I, I wouldn't have got myself into those shoes, but because I was vulnerable in a rush and looking for the wrong things and not didn't have good sermon on what a good man is, you know, at this time too, I'm in the bar industry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living a fast life to begin with. So Rick just sped it up. Now I'm on boats and, you know, you know boats and hose, you know, that's, that's what you want as a young man. So. Um, is there anything you want to finish with? I mean, do you feel like you've been able to tell? Do you feel any better? Does it feel good to tell it? You know, like front to back? Is it, is it a cathartic thing for you? You know, I do share the story with people that I get close with so learn. I mean, I have a platform of people that, you know, I'm able to influence and help. So things like that don't happen to them. Um, so I'm able to stay there. But no, and honestly, I kind of... I'm only doing this because I respect what you did. Otherwise, if you're anybody else who said, no, nah, I don't want to interview, no, nah, I don't want to talk. Like, I re- like, and I even had a dream about Rick leading up to this. So part of me was like, you know, trust me, I wanted to block this out. And when I got your text, reach, I'm like, what is, you know, I had other people reach out to me. Want to, like, I don't need your, like, I don't want your help. I don't want to bring it up. It's, I don't want to say water out of the bridge, but I'm on a big mission now. I'm, 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 I'm helping, I'm serving, I'm doing good things. Like, I, don't, I got a wife, I got kids, I'm, 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 you're never going to financially recover from losing, the, you know, 150000 whatever it was, 
never, you know, you're never going to get that money back. But I'm, I'm, I'm secure. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Like, I don't want to rehash this out. I had a dream about him. Like, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you know, I, it was solely to, to I respect what you did. Um, I, I, cause look at me, I, I turn and ran and I tried to build myself, you know, it took me years and years to recover personally. I'm not out there trying to, you know, I'm helping people, but I'm not rehashing this scenario. You know, I'm not diving back into it and looking for what I'm not doing what you're doing. So that's why, that's what made me say, okay. Otherwise I told you to, you know, I wouldn't have responded. I would, I'm too busy. <laughs> no, I appreciate I'm, it. I'm, I have a long drive. So I, I have some moments to talk with people, but I talk with other people during these times. The, the mentor I thought Rick was to me, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that to with other people, <laughs> you know, in a sense. So, um, you know, to go back and to ponder this and to think about it, to rehash what I could remember at the moments. And, you know, like I said, things pop, repop in my head now that we talk about it. I don't know. I kind of felt better bearing it because uh, bearing the, because it, 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 I get like, I'm angry about it, you know? Yeah, I, so, uh, I understand. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, I'm angry with myself. Yeah, but I mean, think about it like from this perspective. You had to go through Rick to get to where you are today, you know? So, like, if there's any, like, sort of, like, positivity to take from it, you know, is that you're in a good place now. Things are going good for you. Um, you got a, you know, beautiful family. You know, you got a great wife. You know, things are things are good. Um, this is just an interesting piece of your, your life that, you know, obviously you can't go back and change. You would if you could. But, I mean, even if you did, then you wouldn't be where you are today. So... You know, I definitely appreciate you having that respect for, you know, what myself and a bunch of other people were able to accomplish here. Um, I find your story to be truly captivating. So, you know, thank you very much for entrusting me with it. Um, so, um, that'll probably, probably be the last time I, uh, I, I, I ask you for anything. I hope it is, um, you know, but. Well, if you need to, I'm more of a, and if I, you know, again, we're, we're, this is a, this is a more in-depth coverage of what I tell people about this scenario. Cause it's like, I'm a new man now and, you know, I'm moving forward, but you know, I, I respect what you're doing. So if, it, if, if, you know, if I could figure out more details or think more about it, or I, you know, I have no problem talking about it with you again, if, if, if it's needed, if it's going to a good, good scenario with you, cause you know, like I said, or it's a, uh, to put the energy, it's it's like energy management, management, right? So like I I saw no reward and no good coming out of me putting energy towards chasing money, chasing Rick, or doing anything like that because it takes away. You say yes to something, you say no to something else. Um, you are putting time, treasure, talent. You're putting everything you can into this. So I really I'm here to support that. So if there's more that I can do, I'd be willing to do it. I just don't like same thing with when you reached out to me before, you know, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't have a result, I don't want to waste my time rehashing this because everything else is going on in my life. Um, and, and, uh, but if it's going to serve a good purpose, I'm in, you know, and I'd like to help. Um, well, I, then, yeah. You know, come, come, come. I, I don't want to even think about it. And I think you almost said it, you know, what happened to me, you know, will break a, I'm, I'm sure there's victims that have not recovered and are broken from it. It's terrible to hear. And, and I will say what happened 
to me shaped me who I am today, but I don't want to give that credit <laughs> to him in general because nothing that he has done is good. Nothing that, you know, you just, I spun into a, into a new thing, but it's almost like I feel it gives Rick credit for because it hardened me and sharpened, you know, it broke me. It bent me so much where I almost broke, but I didn't break. But it, re, it definitely reshaped me, and I and I pushed through it, and it, it, I made something good out of it. I don't want even that related to Rick, because there's nothing good coming out of this uh, him. But, you know, there's nothing good about it in general. It's all bad. Um, and anybody that comes in contact with him, uh, I feel bad for. It, you know, and I was told by the officer or one of that, that he has a wife and kids and that's, it grow, that grosses me out and I feel terrible for all of them. So, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Rob, thanks a lot for your time. I do appreciate you. Uh, I respect where you're at in life. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of these weird things that our paths cross because of them, but just know that I found inspiration in your story. And I think without you, I wouldn't be where I am today with all of this. So. Thank you for listening in. You just heard episode three, an amazingly sad tale of a victim named Ron, a guy whose story rocked me to my core, and he was one of the most compelling reasons why I went after Ricky Dugo. Ron and his mother were taken for around a million dollars. The FBI was called out and promises were made that they would take action. But as you already know, the FBI chose not to pursue Ricky Dugo, and the appeal for help falls on deaf ears as, in the end, no charges were ever filed. Coming up next time, we will hear another victim who falls prey to the same car wash investment opportunity, hook, line, and sinker. Yet another young man searching for a mentor and someone worthy of looking up to.